This is Scott Becker from Becker's Healthcare. I'm thrilled today to be moderating a panel on selling services, technology services, and other services to the government. Obviously, a hot topic because the government throughout the world, throughout cities, states, countries has become one of the biggest customers for technology companies. Thrilled to have you with us today. We've got Luke Smith, Tom Novak, Eric Rosso. I'm going to ask each of our panelists to take a moment, 30 seconds each, to introduce themselves. Luke, let me start with you. Can you take a moment to introduce yourself? Sure. Thank you so much. My name is Luke Smith. I'm a client operations analyst for Central Logic, and most recently I've been working with the state of Arizona, acting as the director over their Arizona search line. Um, thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us. Tom Novak? Thank you. My name is Tom Novak. I'm with the Office of the National Coordinator for Health IT. Uh, I am also detailed to the CMS Data and Systems Group. In both, both agencies, I focus on interoperability at a state level, and I help state Medicaid agencies strategize and figure out the funding for things like health information exchange, prescription drug monitoring programs, uh, immunization registries, or public health systems, really any sort of interoperable system they want to use with Medicaid technology funding. And what a fascinating time it must be right now as well, Tom, and thank you for joining us. Thank you. Eric, let me ask you to uh, take a moment to introduce yourself. Sure. Good afternoon, and thanks for the opportunity to join the panel. Uh, my name is Eric Rosso. I serve as CEO and I'm a co-founder of a company called Diameter Health, and we focus in the area of interoperability and, frankly, addressing what we call dirty data or healthcare data disorder to make it work at scale for interoperability. And I'm going to ask each of you really two questions today. And, and each of you have different perspectives based on where you're at and what you're doing. The first question will be, give us a sense of process and selling to the government and whether it differs from government to government. And obviously, Tom, you'll have a different perspective sort of being in government yourself, but also perspectives on that and sort of what you see and what gives you a sense of things and so forth. And then the second question I'll ask everybody is, best piece of advice for selling into government or selling to the government. And the government, of course, differs in so many different branches, so many different municipalities and states and, and countries, but, but just general advice that you would have. Um, it, Luke, let me start with you on question number one. For a company that sells and does business with the government, just a few thoughts on the process in selling to the government. Sure, thank you so much. So. Really what I see um, as successful selling to the government is delivering data um, surrounding the product that you are delivering. We at Central Logic um, have a platform and um, help assist with patient logistics, transferring of patients, and really orchestrate the care of patients. And so using our data, um, demonstrating that the ability really helped us uh, secure the contract with Arizona and um, allowed us to uh, work with them and provide our solution for the COVID pandemic. So, so Luke, let me ask you a question. So using data to show differentiation and obviously success in selling to a state government like that on such a big issue, such a big contract, very, very important, speaks well to the company. Did you respond to an RFP? Were you contacted? How did you get involved in the sales process? Are you on somebody's short list for that? Talk to us a little bit about the process of actually selling besides the substance behind what you do. 
Oh, definitely. Yeah. So um, typically there would be an RFP process. When we were approached by the state of Arizona, um, it was at a time where uh, the COVID pandemic was um, really flourishing and blossoming. And so there was an expedited process involved on the, the both entities um, sites. We did have to work with a um, um, another entity through a small business. Um, we were we needed to work with a reseller to go through uh, and secure that contract. Um, typically, we would have went through the RFP process, written that RFP, um, been up against multiple competitors. But due to the time constraints, we did not do that at this point um, to the fullest extent of that uh, what we typically would do. And, and how important was it having the relationship with that reseller, whoever had access to the state, to get the contract? That was um, monumental. So having that relationship um, and being able to leverage that partnership really um, allowed us to move forward in a timely fashion. Um, and I, I would, um, I think that that was very monumental in making that a successful relationship and partnership. In, in, in contrast, generally responding to RFPs without some sort of relationship, um, you know, it, it, it can be doable, but much more mm -hmm. challenging. Correct. Correct. Is that a fair assessment? I would agree with that. You're 100% accurate. And, and, and Tom, some of your thoughts. You've run big things for big government offices. Some of your thoughts on what procurement, procurement and selling looks like being on the other side of this, or at one point maybe you were in industry and were on the other side of this. Any of your thoughts on the process of selling to government? Sure, thanks. And I think uh, both Luke and Eric have made some uh, excellent points here that really speak to the strengths you need, um, sort, of, sort of both philosophically as well as pragmatically uh, in approaching this kind of work. I think the, the first thing is you need to make it clear that you're, you're solving a problem the government wants to solve. And a lot of times, you know, if you, you go around, you know, you walk the floor at Hims or something, there are, you know, there are vendors out there selling something that no one's asking for, no one wants, that don't really solve any problems. Um, and I think the vendors that historically do well are the ones who look at where, where is there, you know, money to be made in the margins of healthcare in a way that also improves outcomes, that helps Medicaid beneficiaries, helps Medicare beneficiaries, like moves the needle on negative outcomes. You know, we, we publish in various reports, like our most expensive hospitalization reason, re, reasons in Medicaid. And, you know, looking at that list and seeing, okay, well, where can, where can technology play a role here? Um, is really like, those are the smart vendors. Like those are the smart, you know, uh, startups out there that are thinking through, okay, I see, I see some problems out here. I think we can have a, an approach to solving it. And this is something the government would be receptive to purchasing, uh, to partnering with us. And like, you know, this is, a, a team to shared responsibility to you know helping you know the, the poor and the elderly and the disabled um and then there's you know the actual you know sort of slog of bureaucracy of procurement of okay i have to get on this list i have to you know make sure that i've you know done all the paperwork to be on this list for procurement so that the government be it the federal government or the state governments can you know see that i'm okay to give money to and partner with and it's not a casual undertaking and it takes a long time and it's, it's with good reason. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sort of being a little disparaging, but you do need 
a lot of checks in place to make sure you're investing federal dollars or state dollars uh, in, you know, in a way that you feel like you're being a good steward of said dollars. So there is a lot of bureaucracy, but the bureaucracy is there for a reason. So, you know, there, there are two very different, different sort of skill sets. You know, first, the, the philosophy of are you selling something someone wants to buy? And then, okay, now I need to make sure that I can figure out all of these sort of bureaucratic hurdles. No, and I think I think that's really right on. I mean, you've really hit two different parts of it, and and much like Luke did, it's look, you've got to have the right data, but then you also got to work the process, and the process might be through a reseller or through somebody else that has access, or it might be in this case getting on the right list so that you're actually qualified to be in the position to sell. And being on the list itself is just a first step; it's just a gate opener at best. Then you actually have something somebody wants, and then you got to work the process from there, don't you? Yes. The, um, and, 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 and Eric, let me turn to you. Some of your thoughts on the process and sort of the process of selling to the government, some of the things that you've seen, some of your advice and ideas. Yeah, so I would absolutely echo what, what Tom said about solving a problem that's real and, and not a flash in the pan. Um, as a venture-backed company, you know, we obviously go after solving a big problem that's a real pain point. Um, in our case, it's been around the challenge of, of what we call dirty data, uh, and that obviously crosses into multiple markets, including the federal sector. Uh, to date, we've been honored for the past three plus years to have been working with the Veterans Administration. Uh, it's both a partner and, and through a commercial relationship. And most recently, we, we actually engaged in a contract with the state of California with Optum Insight um, to look at COVID reporting and surveillance for that state. But I would say at a high level, you know, going into the federal sector, at least in our experience, is not for the faint of heart. It's absolutely a team sport. Uh, I think it's key that you recruit or work with experienced people that understand that market. Uh, in our case, we were not the prime contractor, but have gone in as part of working with a prime contractor. I always say when going in the jungle, you want to go with a guide and not an explorer. And so we try to hook on to a good guide as we go into those uncharted jungles, so to speak. Um, and the last thing I'd say is, is the federal market, as everyone knows, is massive. I mean, it's around $90 billion a year in just federal IT spend. It spans hundreds of different agencies with locations all over the globe, I think over 4 million employees. So an experience in one of those agencies could be vastly different than another. And so it's not a single enterprise, but really a, a cabinet of, of multiple departments. And with that comes, you know, different cultures, different nomenclatures, um, different rules, different processes, uh, one of which we went through something called an ATO, which stands for authority to operate. And that in itself can take over a year or more to just get certified through that ATO in order to do business with a given division of the federal sector. And, 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 and take a moment, because Luke says something fascinating. In an emergency period of time, a lot of things are condensed. There's different ways to get federal contracts or state contracts big, big contracts, in a normal process, what do you think of is, you know, if you had to think about the normal sales cycle for selling to the government in a period of time or months or years, what does that typically look like for something? Yeah, well, so part of your, your other question about, you know, what are the three things you'd recommend? One of my things is to be patient. Um, it's certainly in, in, I think, a lot of people's experience can take a lot longer, perhaps, than contracting within the private sector. Um, However, I would say in, in 
non-normal times like we're living in now with the global pandemic, certainly things like COVID reporting and surveillance have been a great accelerator, not just in the federal sector, but the private sector as well. Uh, we literally saw a contract that was issued by California get issued and gone through a selection process in under two weeks uh, for, for being having to have that kind of near real-time visibility across an entire state. Um, so and let I me ask you a question on that. Let me ask you a question on that. The ability to get that done so quickly, aside from the state need, but to be on the shortlist, to be connected, was the experience with the VA so important to that? Were different relationships with people at the state of California important to get in that shortlist for that urgent, important contract? What, what sort of gets you from point A to point B in that situation? Yeah, again, in that instance, we were not the prime, so I would say that Optum and Optum Insights relationships is certainly important, and the complementary nature of what they had in terms of infrastructure and what we did with many health information exchanges and the VA and payers across the country have given us what I call a lot of scar tissue and proven traction that was known to Optum and that was something we could incorporate into our presentation, um, working with California data to show exactly what our piece would be in an overall solution as a partner with Optum. So I think it depends it, on relationships, but also having the proof in the pudding to back up what you claim. But you, you said something very interesting that Luke said as well, that ultimately you went through somebody that had a prime contract uh, 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 and then had to have the substance behind it to partner with that core party. I'm gonna ask you the question first, and we're gonna go back around the turn, the, the opposite way we started. I'm going to give each person a minute just in the interest of time and, and, and so forth. Um, but great thoughts and advice so far from all three of you. We appreciate it so much. Eric, your best three pieces of advice for selling into the government, working with the government. Yeah, well, obviously, make sure you've got a solution that they need, as was stated earlier by, by Tom. Um, I think you have to do your homework. Um, make sure you, know, you understand their buying cycles and that your product today or your roadmap is aligned with your, your financial model and their needs not only today but going forward. Um, I would also say picking that right guide, if you will, that right prime contractor. I mean, there are ways you can go direct, of course, but in our experience, making sure that that partner really has the experience and has the reputation and more than anything has the integrity and the authenticity and the gumption to be able to say what they do and what they don't do so that you're accurately representing what you can do as a, as a combined entity. I think that's probably most important in what we look for in our partnerships. And Tom, you've seen a lot of this. Your three best pieces of advice for selling it to the government. Sure. So I'm not, I'm not sure I have three, um, but it's, I think a data-driven response is really important um, to, you know, if you're, if you're reviewing respondents to an RFP or if you're, if you're, if I'm talking to a state about their approach, um, if you're trying to um, make a justification for why your product is better, show that it saves money, like show, but like with evidence, not, not just sort of like, you know, uh, some sort of like, you know, slide deck. Like if there is, if there's peer reviewed literature that they, that shows that there's some intervention that your technology enables that, you know, you save money and improve outcomes, you know, come armed with data. I think that definitely helps. And I also think that uh, in procurement, people very much hire people and people who know things and certain subject matter experts. So the person evaluating your response may not uh, be as comfortable, you know, evaluating, you know, your proposed technology stack, but if they see names they know or, 
you know, they, they have a resume and they're like, oh, this person, you know, knows all of these things that I need them to know. I think that is uh, really something that you can be receptive to as uh, someone reviewing responses to a solicitation because um, you're, you're really sort of hiring experts. And it can't just sort of be the technology alone. You want to have some comfort in your decisions as well as being able to justify to your superiors why you chose who you chose. So I think that the team is very critical as well. And if it's not strength you have within your organization, then, you know, forming partnerships um, or, you know, consulting with others and, you know, pulling in, you know, other data, peer review data or other association data or whatever sort of buttresses the point you're trying to make in your response. I think that's, that's very critical. And that also helps the respondent feel justified in selecting you. Absolutely. And, and, and Tom, let me ask you one other question. You know, it's, it's obviously the elephant in the room, but how important are political relationships? At some point, are they important? Are they not important? What's the sense of that? Uh, yeah, yeah, I can. <laughs> so I don't think that they're as important as other things. Um, yeah, I think, you know, sure, you can maybe get some meetings that you wouldn't otherwise get, maybe get some more information that you wouldn't otherwise get, um, you know, because, you know, that's just sort of the nature of things. But really, what what helps, I think, is visibility. Uh, like, if you're, if you're, you know, going to the industry events, if you're, you know, engaged, if you're asking good questions, if you're, um, you know, listening, if you're not sort of just going up to the you know, the government leader of the task and saying, explain this, you know, $10 billion industry to me and how can I get in on it? Like, you're, you're right. not going to, right, right. You know, you, 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 you've got to be substantively great today because if you're not and somebody hires you based on a relationship, it's really trouble for everybody, isn't it? I mean, it's really a debacle. Yeah, I guess, I guess my short answer would be your whole, doing your homework is more important than politics. Thank you. Luke, your two or three best pieces of advice on sort of selling into the government. Sure. I think it starts at the beginning. So having a clear scope of work and adhering to that along the way um, is essential. Using data. I know data was mentioned earlier by uh, one of the other panelists, and I think it's so important to provide that data um, at different touch points to the key members within uh, the government. Um, not only meeting their expectations, but exceeding their expectations, whether it's, uh, I know monetary outcomes were mentioned earlier. I think clinical outcomes are even more important. Um, I think that showing that there's value, that patient lives are improved is essential. How you can do that, there's many, many different ways. Um, our, our tool, we can capture our analytics and then show that um, to the officials. Um, I think delivery is essential. So, so my first one is clear scope of work, transparency, um, and then delivery of what you say you're going to do, uh, exceeding their expectations, and providing continual communications. I think it's really important not only to um, think about securing that contract, but thinking about renewing that contract. Um, so keeping the relationship going, um, having a fruitful relationship throughout the uh, contracts and thinking long-term. You know, it's one thing to um, secure one contract, but to be that um, organization that keeps serving uh, is gonna serve both mutually in the long-term. 
One final question. I'm, I'm really going to ask Luke and Eric this question. Luke, really quick. Are, are a huge percentage of these contracts where you're not selling directly to the government, but really develop a relationship with a prime who's selling to the government? Is that just the nature of the beast we're selling to government today, that so much of it goes through a, a, a general, like Eric mentioned, going through Optum Insight or Optum? Mm-hmm. What's your sense of that? Honestly, so our organization um, kind of fell into the working with the government with the whole COVID pandemic. We haven't done that before. And so this was really our first venture. Um, historically, we have over 600 clients and typically they're hospital systems across the United States that we work with. And so this was really the first time that we had done that. So relatively new space for us. And um, I think we had a, an amazing product that we were able to sell and, and have that, um, that solution that they needed. And we were able to get into that space. No, it's no, it's a legitimate and great answer because it's where so many people find themselves. They've been doing so much business with non-government entities, and they hear mm-hmm. sort of what what Tom said or Eric said. There's ninety billion dollars being sent to the government. How do we get into that line of work as well and sell to them? And what you said is, you know, we sold through a contractor, not directly, mm-hmm. which is where I think most people access to this to begin with. So I think it's a great answer. I think it's an honest answer and a great answer, not to judge it, but it's a great answer. So thank you. I, and I, Eric, your thoughts. Is most of this being done through other contractors or directly or a mix? Yeah, I, I, again, in the past life, I actually, we went and got certified as a GSA vendor and we could sell directly to the government. but uh, in this uh, chapter with Diameter Health, we've gone through a contracting vehicle called SUP. Uh, NASA is the organization that manages it, and SCWP stands for Scientific and Engineering Workstation Procurement. It's basically a vehicle by which smaller companies can apply with a prime contractor, and they literally, the government, puts out RFPs that are specific to agencies like SUP procurement models. So. That's been our experience um, working with uh, the VA and then also being a, a partner with, as I mentioned, Optum Insight. Fascinating. I want to thank all three of you. I learned a lot. I know our audience did too. I literally got a whole education in 25, 30 minutes. Tom, appreciate you so much coming from the government perspective. We can't tell you how much we appreciate it. Luke and Eric, just magnificent. Thank you very much for joining us in the session and selling it to the government. Just so helpful. Thank you. Thank you, Scott. Thank you. Thank you very much.